Hey, welcome to The Deeper Dive. My name is Dave Dawson. In The Deeper Dive, we look to go deeper into some aspect of the previous week's message. We're back together. I got my two staples, got Adam and Brooks. Guys, how are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah. Feeling good, Dave. How are things out in the valley there, Brooks? Great. Uh, coming off a week of, actually, two weeks of soccer camps out in the valley. Mm-hmm. And good, man. We had... A lot of kids come out and play soccer in 100 degree weather, which is yeah. that in and of itself is impressive. But um, yeah, we got some good good, good stories you. from there and good stuff. Good ministry happening out in the valley. Now, apparently, you guys out in the valley at your church getting some help. True. Yes, it's very true. 100 percent true. We hired uh, Andy Spence as a creative arts director. Um, so it's a fancy name for a worship leader. So he's leading worship for us and. Uh, yeah, starts this started yesterday actually. Started, okay. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, man. That's cool. All right, Brooks had your first uh, week of preaching at Richland Go as I mean Adam. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Adam, your first week as the true senior pastor at Bethel Church. You'll have to tell me because you were there to hear it. I don't want to speak for that, but I enjoyed I enjoyed being here, and yeah. it was a fun passage to open up and just worship with the body here. It was well, in my opinion it went sad. Great. Sad to be away from West Pasco, um, yeah. but speaking of that, we've got our, our boy Christian over here who was in Pasco yesterday. Yes, sir, I was. Yeah. How'd it go for you? I think it went well. You might have to ask some people out there to <laughs> see how it went, but yeah, loved uh, love any chance I get to preach. So it's fun. It's fun being up there. So. Hey, well, Christian, we're glad you're yeah. Be, thanks, man. Thanks for the invite here today. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we are in uh, kind of a long. Speaking of sermons, this is like a long sermon that we're mm-hmm. looking at here in Acts yeah. chapter eight. So this is the story of the story in the sermon of Stephen, who was was Stephen the first martyr in the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he get, he's given a speech to the religious leaders, specifically to what's called the Sanhedrin, and uh, they they're charging him with all these crimes and stuff. And man, he just launches into this whole historical account of of Israel, their of their history, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe first thoughts as you guys read this, as you guys preached on this. Uh, what did you guys think about a defense being the a defense before a court being the history of a country? Hmm. Not just a country, a people, right? Yeah, the, a, the, a, a people, exactly. a whole people group. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> Probably a better way to say it. Well, I think that kind of goes. If you look at it that way, it kind of goes into it reveals a little bit of what was being what he was being accused of, right? So his his answer to his accusations was to re, recall very accurately the history of Israel. So it's, again, I also ask ask yourself the question: Well, what then exactly was he being accused of? It's a long, long passage. Yeah, I wonder if, for people even just thinking about our own world that we live in, the country we live in, if we know our history, even just as a nation, as well as Stephen knew the history of his own nation, like it's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. The, we have just what he's sharing in this sermon, but his deep thorough knowledge of redemptive history and Mm -hmm. how for him, it's not just throwing out facts as a defense. He's actually going back and saying, Hey, this is the story of our people and it's not all good. And what he's experiencing in that moment, the opposition against him, he's saying, we have been doing this as a people 
for a long time. It's, it's in our DNA, spiritual DNA. And I'm impressed by his knowledge of history and also the fact that he can't see himself outside of that history. You know, uh, I think for me, it's, it's a, it's a challenge to think about my life inside of redemptive history. You know, mm-hmm. as I'm thinking about my own life and the world we live in to actually know the past mm-hmm. kingdom history that, you know, goes back to Jesus and even beyond Jesus um, when he came in the flesh to help make sense of the world we live in and and what we're facing. So he's just got, he's like a master of, of redemptive history and just the way he uses it is just not common in how we think. I think it's strange, you know, uh, for us who are so individualistic, mm-hmm. he places this powerful man, this wonderful man places his life in a far greater context. Yeah. Is there, is there a value in that? What do you think, Christian? Is there, is there value in us placing our own lives that are so important to us, right? In this greater context, yeah, I, I think so. Because even as <clears throat> as as believers, uh, we have to look back at history. We have to look back at like, man, where did we come from? Where did the Lord even uh, bring us into? And I think it's important. And I like what He does here because even though yes, He's He's uh, He's a leader in the church, but He still puts Himself in there. He's like, you know what? I'm part of this group too. I'm part of the group that. That uh, that sinned against the Lord, that didn't follow His commands, and by the grace of God, I'm here now. So hey, I think, in a way, He's He's um, in in a way He's He's putting Himself there to show them, like, you know what, I was this too, but by the grace of God, I'm 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 not anymore. I've been redeemed. I've been, but this is part of my story as well. So I think that's a great evangelism tool, even for us or, mm-hmm. ourselves too. Where it's like this is where we're from. This is where we came from, but now, right, because of Jesus, here's who we are. Here's who I am now. Well, you know, one of the things that drives people crazy and they when they read the Old Testament are the genealogies. Mm-hmm. Like for us, it's so strange, right? I remember reading the Bible for the first time, like, you know, in the old King James, somebody begat somebody mm-hmm. who begat somebody. And it's like, why on earth, why is that so important? Mm-hmm. I wonder if part of this historical lesson can give us a bit of an answer to that. Why why is it why is it so important for the for Stephen? And in some cultures, it's very you 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 are known as like the son of somebody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Have we lost something by not even being aware of our both our families or our nation and our biblical hi- historical context? <laughs> I don't. I Adam, you're, you have something to say? No, on I'm, I'm. You go take it, man. I think that I think Dawson. I think that's like a super good critique of mm. like Western culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we are highly individualistic and if I can be so bold to say even more individualistic and independent Mm. out in, out in the Valley that we kind of live in this, uh, we're outside of a major city and, and, uh, you know, tri cities is, is a bigger city, but it's not a huge, huge city. I mean, it's not, we're not Seattle. Right. And, uh, I think there's some of that, that resonates here that we have this independence, and I think what you're kind of describing is a little bit of the Western culture of um, it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who your father was, it matters who you are. Hmm. Uh, and there can be some value to that. Like you have, you are defined by you. Um, but yeah, we do lose a lot, a lot of that, um, or we do lose something in not uh, being categorized through that cultural lens of your family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we. I would go so far as to say I think we actually uh, miss a part of the gospel when we do not part of the gospel work when we do not um, 
identifying family lineage. Hmm. I mean, you could even go from there. I hope, I hope this isn't too much of a leap, but you know, just to get rid of traditions. Oh, traditions are no good. We don't need traditions. I'm making my own decisions. But there are reasons why traditions work. Mm-hmm. Things that have worked over over millennia, right? Things that have even like like even male and female uh, marriage being categorized as a man being married to a woman, like that has worked for cultures for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And we start getting away from that. We're getting away from this. If you want to call it a tradition, we get away. We we lose our moorings. We mm-hmm. just get we get, get cast off into space. Everybody just kind of doing what's right in their in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then if I could add something, I I like what you're saying, Brooks, and I think a lot of the times, <clears throat> especially when I see it biblically, you see generational blessings, generational curses. So I'm wondering if like sometimes in our own culture, we don't want we, we don't want to associate with our family because there's so many curses. But at the same time, it's like, well, what about those blessings that have been passed on? Like, why do we stop there and kind of say, you know what? No, I'm I'm gonna kind of do my own thing. So I'm wondering, you know, what the motivation is behind that. Because it's like, if, if, if my family has been through all these generational blessings, I'm like, man, yeah, I'm the son of this and this and this person. And, but if it's curses, I'm like, ah, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to break this generational curse. So then I'm going to do my own thing and that kind of thing. But I, I'm, I agree with you, man. I wonder if, if we've lost the art of just like looking back at our family lineage, family and, and see, and I think in a way, as, as believers, see where God has brought us from. Yeah, I, I so I read this book by, he's an Old Testament scholar named Brent Strawn, and he wrote a book called Honest to God Preaching. And it's a really great book where he looks at some of the really difficult topics in the Bible that we run up against, like violence, suffering, I forget the third one, right? Paid really close attention to the book. <laughs> but it's his the way he approaches it is really interesting. He's like, you know, we we look at the Old Testament sometimes and say, man, I can't believe they would treat people like that, or how how could God God allow that kind of thing to happen to that nation? How could this nation be so violent? And we're very critical of the Old Testament people. And he flips that whole thing and says, okay, that's one way to look at it. But what if you look at it that Israel actually and God through Israel preserved that history in mm-hmm. all of its good and bad for a purpose. Um, I mean, so if you and I were to sit down and write an autobiography of ourselves, like we are naturally tempted to paint the best picture of ourselves, or even our families, right? If we're we're proud of our family, I mean, there've been a generation of blessings. We're like, let's tell the best story and version of my family and me. And and we do that with our country all the time, right? We we, want to paint the perfect picture. Israel's like, we're going to give you the high points, but we're actually going to preserve for you all of the gross, embarrassing, Mm -hmm. violent things. And it teaches us to be honest about human nature, mm-hmm. like to be honest about ourselves, to say like what Stephen's saying here, um, Hey guys, like we share the same lineage and there's a lot of, I mean, Abraham is like a great, like he's our father and he obeyed God. He, he followed God into a future that was completely unknown and not no detail. And then you've got a guy like Moses, right? And then he also details the people who resisted God, pushed against Moses, pushed against Joseph. And he, he includes both of those to not just point the finger and say, look what you're doing, but like, this is part of our nature. And the more we know our past and we retrieve what was preserved for us, both the good and the bad, the more honest we can be about who we are and what we need. And I think that's Steven's whole point. Like guys, like you and you are not opposing Jesus for the first time. This has been what we have done from the very beginning. Um, If we can't look back and see failure, 
And if we can't attach ourselves to the past and failure, like we're going to look at ourselves and have a very false understanding of who we are. Yeah. So, Adam, so I think you, you cut both ways, right? I think you're right when you say we we like to paint a rosy, nice picture yeah. of our of the history of the United States of America. I almost wonder. See, like in the last couple of years, it's almost been the reverse, mm-hmm. the opposite. Mm-hmm. Right, it, it's just bad. It, yeah, yeah, it was just horrible. Yep. We just had slaves. We persecuted everybody. We're just bad people. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know what? The fact is, you're 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 just cliche, right? You're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Totally. Water. Yeah. Yeah. There are some great things in our history, and I love what you're saying. I mean, the Bible is just amazingly truthful and transparent. Yeah. And mm. to the point where it is freaky. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. the, the Old Testament has some freaky things that happen in there, right? Yeah. Some of the sinfulness that are just like, like you, you, you want to be careful when you preach it because yeah. it's, it's so nasty, right? Uh-huh. But that, that is part of Israel's history. Well, I think if you're going to write a book about um, the, uh, some people that God had chosen, mm-hmm. you would not, you, there'd be a lot of things you omit from that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes to show, in my mind, goes to show that it is it is not about the people and the good things that they did, it is about God and how he was faithful in spite yeah. of their mm-hmm. failures. So Adam, what I'm hearing you say is the Old Testament is valuable. Oh yeah. Stephen recounts mm-hmm. the history of the Old Testament through the patriarchs in this sermon. Yeah. Um, is that is is it safe to say that our own personal history, one takeaway we can have from this passage is that we can look at our own history, um, family history or mm-hmm. or even cultural history and see how God has worked. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in, in Stephen, he shows both the negative, the human side of it, and a lot of the mistakes, but it also shows God's redemptive presence and salvation, both of those together. And I think in our own personal histories, like you're saying, Dave, like, as you look, no matter where you're at in the world, like, look at your culture, look at the place you live, and be able to be honest about what's wrong and where things have gone wrong, and be willing to see where there was good, because you need to be able to learn from history, both the good and the bad. And like also see yourself as a product. Like there is stuff in me that if I'm honest, I can heal from through the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And there are also things God has put into me through my family and through my culture that's good that I should value. But if we're not honest about failure in ourselves and in our past, we can't heal and grow. Mm-hmm. And that's the point of this guy's book. It's like when you actually preach the honest truth about like, man, God's people from the beginning have struggled. You know, like this last Sunday we looked at Stephen says, you've always been a stiff-necked people that have resisted the Spirit. If we can be honest about that and look at ourselves, then we are actually opening a space for God to heal and to redeem that part of us. If we say, no, we're not, they were stiff-necked, we're not, then we're actually closing God off from entering into spaces where we need to be healed and redeemed. Yeah, it goes back to a little bit of what Brooks was saying here a few minutes ago. So this whole sermon is, is God at work in Israel, totally. right? God at work in this people. I have actually heard people say that one great, uh, would be the word, right? one great proof for the existence of God is just the existence of Israel. Hmm. How on earth could this nation still be alive, totally. still be around, and, and make the front pages, mm-hmm. like seems like every other week? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I think there is... I think there's something here for us. Just I, I really think this conversation is really cool. I think, and you know, looking at our history and stuff, and to be bold to look at our, you know, our history. I, I tell you the truth. I mean, there's like a little bit of confession. I, I've always been afraid to look at one of those, uh, one of those, uh, 
one of those agencies, you pay them money and then they look at like your history and they send <laughs> oh, you all this Ancestry.com? <laughs> yeah, yeah something like yeah. that. Because I was afraid, yeah. yeah. Okay, we've looked at your history and like your great-great-grandfather had a still up in Ireland and he just made whiskey and they've all been alcoholics ever since then because <laughs> it kind of runs in my family. It's like, yeah, just soon, like, I don't know that. But yeah, maybe I should. That's, that's part of our history. So, yeah. But you can look at the... You can look at the bad, and and God's grace is still God's grace. Yeah. God's blessing is still God's blessing. And if you have really deep valleys in your history or in your cultural history, that just shows God's hand of mercy even more that he's able to bring you out of those valleys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's, – that's, that is one of the things that Stephen is doing mm-hmm. um, here when he recounts the history. But really, I, he's also saying hey, God's – uh, God has has continued to have mercy on you in mm-hmm. spite of your stiffed neckness. Totally, <laughs> yeah. And that's the theme here I, I, that I see at least is it starts with the glory of God shows up to Abraham. Mm-hmm. The glory of God is you know appears to Moses. The glory of God was put into a temple, but even Solomon knew God can't be contained in this. And then Stephen looks up and sees the glory of God in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's like the consistency of the whole thing is stiff neckedness and sin and rebellion from Israel, just like us. And you have the God who's full of glory, who persists in giving us his presence. Yeah. And like, Stephen's almost offering to them an opportunity to repent. <laughs> they don't take yeah. it. Yeah. But he's saying like, this is the God that has revealed himself in Jesus for, for you, who's always been around. So many religions, not just Christianity, start exactly, oh, I should say the three top monotheistic religions all start where Stephen started, mm. Abraham, with Abraham. Right. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Abraham was a big deal. Yeah. Right. Well, why don't, we, why don't let's talk for a few minutes about Abraham. So why why do you think Stephen started with Abraham? Because hmm. he's father Abraham. Father. And he had, <laughs> Abraham. had many sons. Many sons. Yeah, yeah. Many sons. Had father Abraham. Go for it. Yeah. Sing it all. Thanks. It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah. Like, what is his intent? Yep. Do you think there's more than one answer to that? Because <laughs> I, I, I just wonder, like, <laughs> Abraham, like when you compare Abraham to like most of the people in the story, Abraham is so obedient to God and responsive to God. Mm. He's like, okay, I'll leave my family and go to this place. And that's got to be some kind of challenge to the people of God. But then I also wonder if it's God's promise to Abraham to to give him land and a, and a people and to be his God as God initiating this history that has continued and it continued through Jesus. And he's like, you guys are missing the promise that, I, that God gave to Abraham, he's fulfilling in Jesus. So that thing that he started way back, like you guys are missing it right now. Mm-hmm. And so he just starts at the beginning. That's where the promises begin. I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, it's tragic, right? That they all, everybody loved Abraham. Everybody mm-hmm. goes back to Abraham. Every Jew loved Abraham, like knowing that this is where it all started. And yet if this blessing that was to come to the whole world, it is actually being played out now in Christ, mm-hmm. right? And that, they don't, they don't see it. In fact, they want to put. They want to muzzle Stephen right. for, for saying that. Yeah, I, I think. I, I wonder. Uh, I made this observation last week when I was preaching, and I, I don't know. Uh, maybe you guys can clue me in on it. I wonder how many of these guys that were listening to Stephen's sermon also stood and listened to Jesus talk about Abraham. Um, mm. I would imagine there's some that were there mm-hmm. that that uh, you know you can kind of. Here it hearkening back to what Jesus was saying is like, hey, you're you're uh, you're a slave, and the son will set you free. And these people says, no, our father, our father was Abraham, and we've never been enslaved to anybody. 
Uh, and he said, well, actually, no, you are, you are enslaved. You're enslaved to the law. And it's like, wow, that's going to enrage them. I wonder how many people were listening to Stephen's speech and also listened to Jesus talk about Abraham and how he said, yeah, like, Hey, I was there when Abraham was there <laughs> before Abraham was there. I was, um, yeah. uh, where I am. Um, yeah, Abraham. Yeah. Huge, huge deal. Uh, foundation for the faith, but they're, if all, if it's like, there's, it's like they're, sticking on the foundation and they're not listening to the promise that was given to Abraham that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I don't think that'd be far off because even 614 talks about uh, when the Sanhedrin is talking, is, is pretty much uh, presenting the, the offense of him. He says, you know, we heard him say this of Jesus of Nazareth when he said he was going to mm-hmm. destroy this temple. So I think it'd be fair to say that some of these or most of these people that were here, um, when they were confronting Stephen, were the same ones mm-hmm. when they were confronting Jesus. And I th- and I think what's interesting is uh, something I, I noticed and even shared when I was preaching is uh, how many similarities there are between just uh, Stephen and just uh, Jesus. Because even mm-hmm. if we look at Jesus, right, he was healing people, he was doing all these amazing things, which I think people loved him for, right, even if they weren't. They didn't know who he was. They, they they loved him for who he was. He was, you know, he was healing. He was providing physical and tangible needs, and just the way the Sanhedrin were able to to um to j- just um, bring public opinion against him, and they do the same thing with Stephen. Hmm. So it's very yeah. interesting to see some of these similarities. Yeah. Just to elaborate on your question, I was just looking at the text again. So with Abraham, God gives him the promise that hey, after a certain amount of time. Your your children are going to go into exile in Egypt, but I promise to your to your family that you will come back and worship in this place, mm. in this place that you never really knew, mm. in Jerusalem. And then he gives the whole redemptive history how Israel leaves, goes in Egypt, comes back to Moses. There's the temple, and I and I wonder for Stephen here if his significance is like God has finally fulfilled His promise that He can be worshipped in this place, mm. like in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like He's fulfilled it better than the temple could have ever been. Yeah. And again, Jesus is, is this fullness of the promise that, you know, as Jesus says, like, you will worship me in spirit and truth, like here right now in the flesh, in relationship with, with me. Yeah. And it's like the highest fulfillment. And they're like, they're still wanting to go back to the temple. Yeah. And God's like, man, the temple was like just a small fulfillment of this promise to Moses or yeah. to Abraham. Like yeah. Jesus is the fullness of it. And you guys think you're following Abraham and you're completely missing it. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think part of over the years, right, or the decades, I think part of what Abraham also brings to us is while he lived in a land where there was many gods, right, mm. a god for everything. In fact, wasn't wasn't Abraham's dad like? Didn't he make idols, something like that? Anyway, I think anyway he's polytheistic. Probably. Yeah. There's a big question in Judaism: is like, was he? Did he already know the God of Israel, like, or was he a total pagan called yeah. out from yeah. his father's idol worship? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, I mean, over the course of time, right, he just, Abraham, it becomes clearer and clearer that there, there is one God. That's all there is. There, 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 are, there are not many gods. And uh, anyway, this, so, I mean, it's no wonder Abraham is a father of many nations, mm-hmm. right? Well, guys, actually, our time is over. <laughs> and this, this, this sermon kind of goes on for quite a while. Um, any concluding thoughts, just kind of reflecting on the last 20 minutes you'd like to share? What might be a concluding thought? 
So I asked the question. I'll, I'll, We're all looking. That's a part of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I would say, you know, we live in a country where isolation and loneliness is ma- is a massive problem, mm. right? Well, here we see Stephen putting himself once again into a, pl- a community. And I would say, you know what? We need to see ourselves as part of the biblical community. Mm. These like, these Moses, Joseph, uh, Abraham, these are also our people. Mm. This is our heritage. Mm. We're, called, we're called the children of Abraham because we're like Abraham, we're people of faith. So the, these are our people. If you're out there and you're like, you know what? Oh my gosh, man, like I'm, I'm a single person, I'm lonely, or I'm, you know, my family's kind of messed up. Yeah, well, you know what? Everybody else's family is <laughs> kind of messed up too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, but to be able to go back and say, look, I, God is at work in my family. God has been at work at my people. I'm, I am, man, I am tied up in this. I'm part of what he is doing. As broken as, and, and messed up as I am, I'm not alone. I am part of the work of God. I'm part of the people of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd good. say it's it's helped me just reflect back on my own family because again, just like you guys were saying, the individualistic piece is like, man, like here's how I broke these generational curses. I've gone through my family, and I'm like, man, I, I gotta hold on and wait because I might not know all the history, right? And especially with the people of Israel, like I hope that our our listeners would go back and say, yeah, we're the people of God. Let's go back and look at the history. So look intently, and and just in my own family, I'm like, man, like what am I, God? What am I missing, like? Because you've always been there. You've always showed up in little glimpses and big glimpses, whatever that looks like. It's like, Lord, what am I missing? You know, mm-hmm. because you've been you've shown your grace to me. You've shown your grace to by saving me. It's like, man, who else? Like yeah. it was, you know, I, I'm not not a big deal. Like who God, who how how else did you move in my family? Yeah. So I, I think that's that's been humbling to me just to think through like, man, okay. Remember but even I, David said, Lord, why have you blessed me so mightily? You know, I come from a small tribe. I'm just, I'm the smallest. And yet, mm-hmm. look, look what you have done. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would just encourage our listeners, um, the Old Testament is not just history. The Old Testament points to, it reveals the gospel. Um, you just have to read it that way. Um, the Old Testament is involved in, in the gospel as much as, you know, as much as Paul's letters explain the gospel. Um, I mean, it was the only Bible the apostles right. had to preach the gospel from mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. the New Testament was written. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So that's what I want to, that's a last, last little takeaway. Hey, I encourage okay. our, our, our listeners, word. read the Old Testament, love the Old Testament, and find the gospel in it. Yep. Well, guys, thank you very much. This is fun. Uh, looking forward to continuing to preach our way through the book of Acts. Uh, Christian, thank you so much for being with us today, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, good to have you here. So this is The Deeper Dive. Um, You can get onto our website. It's Bethel.ch. You can actually subscribe to us. You can like us if you like. That would be awesome. Anyway, thank you for being a part of our podcast today. (laughs) 